This is the Roger Stone Show on 77 WABC. A man who's gone through hell, but he's kept going and he's smart and he's strong and people love him. Not everybody, but people love him and respect him. Roger Stone. Now, here's Roger Stone. This is a Roger Stone, and this is the Roger Stone Show here on 77 WABC Radio. You can tune in at WABCRadio.com no matter where you are on the planet because we're streaming worldwide. Today we're going to talk about the manifestation of the wide-open policy uh, at our southern border of President Joe Biden. Uh, Incredibly, Department of Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas continues to insist in public that our southern border is secure, but anyone who can watch television or read the news knows that that's a fallacy. There are actually 118 gates uh, along the Arizona Mexico border that are welded open uh, and the federal government tells us this is because uh, of a endangered species of antelope so that it can cross uh, through the border. We have seen uh, a record number of migrants entering the United States in just the last week. According to CBS News, Border Patrol agents apprehended roughly 140,000 migrants who crossed the U.S.-Mexico border without authorization in just the first 20 days of September. That's an average of about 6,900 every single day, uh, according to internal Border Patrol agent agency data. This represents a 60% increase from the daily average of about 4,300 back in July. The agency is on track to record more than 210,000 migrant apprehensions this month, which would be the highest level since December of 2022, but takes does not take into consideration literally thousands more who crossed the border and were not apprehended. Now, in many cases, those who are here illegally uh, are being given uh, putative court dates, uh, but then they are released into the general population, uh, and many cases they are bussed uh, out of the Texas area to across the country. No place uh, is this issue uh, more acute than in New York City, uh, where there is a rising peaceful resistance of outraged citizens uh, who are standing up and speaking out against what they see as an illegal invasion of their city. Mayor Eric Adams seems to be schizophrenic in his approach. Only days ago, he said that uh, the Biden policies and this influx of illegal migrants was going to destroy New York City. Uh, But then several days ago, he uh, lauded the Biden administration for giving temporary work permits to 117,000 Venezuelans uh, currently in New York City, but about to be trafficked out across the country. 
uh, Mayor Adams has actually said that it will require, since he can't get any federal assistance from the Biden administration, uh, an eight or nine percent cut across the board. That's a cut in police protection, uh, a cut in hospitals and medical services, uh, and a cut in public education. Something's got to give. Joining me now to talk about this is a longtime friend of mine uh, and a Staten Island community activist, John Tobacco. John, welcome to The Roger Stone Show. Roger, thank you so much for having me. And uh, I live in Staten Island, but I'm an American community activist because what we're fighting against here, and you said it so greatly, um, nowhere is it affecting a town more acutely. Um, to be completely exacting, um, it's no more acute than here in Staten Island because we're the first city, we're the first town in New York City that actually is standing up to this mayor and these tyrannical policies. And uh, I'm on the ground every single day. You know, I'm keeping you posted. Um, we're fighting the mayor at every turn here in Staten Island. And we're really, to us, that we're drawing the line in the sand. This is the hill we want to die on. We're holding, we're holding the line here in Staten Island. And more people around the country who are listening to Roger Stone everywhere need to know this is coming soon to a theater near you. So you got to get people organized. And as much as we hate social media, Roger, um, I know it was a lot harder back in your day when you were doing organizational events and minor civil disobedience, getting people to a rally or a protest. Um, these days, we got 20, 30 people at these facilities at all times, hanging out, playing music, sending messages to them that they're better off back in the hotel in New York City. These are makeshift shelters. And uh, as soon as the word comes out that there's a bus heading this way, these people, these ladies, these grannies, these moms, they get on the phones and they start hitting the coffee clutches and you turn around in 20 minutes, there's 200 people there. Um, and it makes it a lot harder for Mayor Adams and his henchmen to force this policy down Staten Island's throat. And, you know, little by little, we're winning out here. You know, I, I want to stress that uh, John Tobacco has been uh, a voice for nonviolence. Uh, a voice for civility. Uh, he's actually one of the few people I know who has talked to some of the migrants to try to get their point of view and share uh, their fears and their concerns. Uh, it is vitally important for those who are protesting uh, against these wrong-headed policies that you not fall into the trap of violence. Violence will uh, or lawlessness will only be used uh, against uh, those who are legitimately exercising their First Amendment rights uh, and their right to stand up for the security of their own community. I find it outrageous uh, that Mayor Eric Adams has accused the people of Staten Island uh, of xenophobia, uh, of being racists, uh, of 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 being uh, extremists, uh, has he forgotten that the vast majority of the people on Staten Island's families uh, came from Italy or, or Ireland or Poland or Hungary or other nations? We are a nation of immigrants. 
But the difference is that our ancestors came here legally. Our ancestors waited their turn. Our ancestors went through a, a legal process. Immigration has made America stronger, not weaker, but there is a correct way to do it. Uh, and as someone who is, a, you know, a political animal, uh, I cannot not recognize the political aspects of this and what I think is a blatant attempt to change the makeup of the America voting public. Yesterday, or two days ago, I guess it was, Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro announced in Pennsylvania that if you got a driver's license or you renewed your driver's license, you would be automatically registered to vote. Nowhere in that process uh, is there any request for proof of citizenship. So it is just another backdoor way that people can be registered to vote who are not eligible. Uh, Mayor Adams uh, and the New York Democratic Party have already tried to get laws passed that allow non-residents, non-citizens to vote in, le in local elections. That has so far been defeated uh, in the courts. But John, I want to focus on a couple pieces of this. I first started to follow this story when the city attempted to house uh, hundreds of illegal immigrants uh, in uh, Aero Shar, I may be, I may be mispronouncing Aerocar. Aerocar, pardon me. The Aerocar section of Staten Island, specifically at the St. John's Villa Academy, a facility that was closed in 2018, was purchased by the city, uh, originally with plans to create a thousand plus seat public school. Now, that facility was never meant to be a residential facility. Uh, and therefore, uh, it was required uh, that they put in portable showers, they put in porta potties, uh, and sewage, raw sewage, became a real genuine problem, both a, has, a, a, a health hazard, uh, as well as, and some people have told me this from Staten Island, the extraordinary stench of feces, uh, which is permeating the air. Uh, the city uh -huh. actually uses these trucks to come in several times a day and pump out the raw sewage, uh, and they have to use septic treatment companies to come do this. Uh, what has been the reaction of Staten Islanders uh, to what's happened at St. John's Villa Academy? Well... Roger, that was the that is the uh, first front in the war. We have that building um, 24 hours a day, pretty much, um, with protesters there. And on a few moments' notice, everybody's on alert. If, and uh, what's happening there? And you mentioned the sewage. It's just like this whole program, just like Eric Adams as a mayor, the whole thing stinks. Okay, and don't think about just a few porta potties. Think about a dozen showers and toilets in a large trailer home um, that has no connection for sewage except to have it pumped out, okay? When they start overflowing, it's running down the side, down the street next to the homes next door. Um, and then when the truck comes, it's one of these huge pumpers, Roger. And everybody out there, again, you're going to have these pumpers in your neighborhood when they're pumping for 20, 30 minutes. 
the stench is being blown all over the freaking neighborhood. It's absolutely inhumane, not only to the people in the neighborhood, the people in the building. It's not normal. Um, and look, that was slated for 300 people. Um, we immediately started protesting there against the policy. We took up a campaign of uh, going to the migrant center at Roosevelt Hotel and having people here always telling the people the truth. There are no showers here. There are rats here. There is mold here. There's sewage here. It stinks here. Um, go back to the Roosevelt Hotel. You had it better there. Um, and lo and behold, uh, a whole granny brigade with bullhorns telling these people go back. Many of them don't get off the bus and say, they're right, take me back. Others go in and then check themselves out two days later voluntarily and go back. So they were supposed to have 300 there. There's 40, and the numbers are dwindling. Now they tried to open up another center about two miles away, um, which was a senior home. Okay, and over the last six, nine months, they threw out all the seniors and all the vets that were living in there comfortably. And now uh, in Midland Beach, Staten Island, at the Island Shores Senior Facility, um, the other night they tried to uh, start loading this one up. It's set for 450 people um, right now. The other night they sent about 12. It was a six-hour standoff. And you mentioned it before, Roger. Totally peacefully, the cops are giving us a, an area where we're where we're penned in. Stay on the sidewalk. Stay out of the street. Um, the civic associations that are behind these organizational uh, protests, um, they're asking all the speakers, even when they get fired up, like Scott Labedo, don't curse. Okay, so talk about peaceful. This is what peaceful civil disobedience should mean has always meant and to me will always mean in Staten Island we're standing there we're expressing ourselves we're loud people are driving by they're honking their horns honk for freedom um that's the way it's supposed to be Roger the last time I looked and uh we in Staten Island are saying to Mayor Adams stop your problem you handle it take them to Gracie Mansion and show us that you can lead by example and when you're taking migrants in on one of the biggest pieces of property in New York City, then come back to the other boroughs who are getting shortchanged for this and tell us you need a little charity from us. Until then, give us what we're supposed to get, not cuts. And you said maybe eight, nine, ten. It's a $12 billion deficit against a $105 billion budget. We're getting cut over 10%, nearly 12%. And that doesn't count all the Lulus that he's throwing his friends in these, you know, no bid contracts like to Doc Go, who's getting paid four hundred and fifty million dollars. Um, I want to know where that money's going. You know, Roger, I ran for New York City Comptroller as a Libertarian, and one of the main reasons I wanted to run for that job is to get the power to audit any city agency. And I knew I could pull out some fat. I know it. Okay. And now I'm calling on Brad Lander, who's the comptroller. He's doing a good job. He's been critical of the mayor on this stuff. And the New York City comptroller should open an immediate audit and give some transparency to the people in New York City on the cuts that we're paying for. What's the number? What's that going to? Who's getting paid that money? Um, and as you know, there's always 
waste, fraud, and abuse in government contracts. So the people have a right to transparency. And, you know, look, that's what comptrollers are for. John, I know that you are the son of a police officer. I know that you have great reverence for law enforcement uh, and our police. Uh, but uh, the role of the New York City Police Department uh, in this entire crisis seems to be strange. Uh, I find the use of drones uh, in Staten Island to try to use facial recognition to determine who the protesters are, who are just exercising their constitutionally guaranteed right to free speech. Uh, also, the technology that is used to essentially lift cell phone numbers from those who are bearing cell phones at these peaceful demonstrations. Uh, but in some cases, it's it's actually been worse than that, no? Roger, the interesting thing about what's happening in Staten Island is, you know, I'm going to take you back quick to uh, 2020 during the lockdowns. And uh, myself and uh, Andrew Lanza, Vito Pacella, Lou Gelamino, um we took to the cause of fighting against the lockdowns. And there was a bar in Staten Island that was opening up, and we had protests. And we fought back in Staten Island against the lockdowns. And we won every case, okay? So the city knows that Staten Island is fight hard. We don't back down. We punch a bully in the nose and say, come get us. If we take a beating after, we still know. And the bully still knows that he got punched in the nose. So, you know, what we're doing here, and that's, of course, metaphorically, um, but we're standing up for with Democrats, Republicans. You mentioned a little earlier um, about the civil disobedience being peaceful, and it is. And in fact, I'm one of the biggest Trump brown, but we're asking people not to make it like a Trump rally because the media wants to paint us as crazy white MAGA extremists. And there's people of all colors. There's moms and grandmas who are out here for their kids and their grandkids. And there's Democrats in large numbers saying, this is the line for me. Not that they're saying I love Trump or I love Republicans, but... They don't want to vote for Eric Adams. They don't want to vote for, for Joe Biden. That's for sure. And um, what I've been at Floyd Bennett protests. I've been out at the uh, Rockaway protest. I've been at almost every protest. I've not seen drones except in Staten Island. And Staten Island, as you know, is the most Republican borough. So um, what's happening here in Staten Island, to me, we're the only ones getting the drone every night. We got... 70% moms and grandmas out here protesting. I have a hard time believing they're going to do anything really violent that they need to surveil them from the aerial view. Um, but yeah, they have facial recognition. They have the uh, geofencing technology where they can I isolate phones. And I'm, I'm parked right now in the parking lot in front of the center because there's a big police presence. We're trying to figure out what's going on here in, in, in Staten Island. But, uh, the drone is flying over our protest at all times. And when the lights are flashing, it means it's videoing or capturing pictures. And it's doing it the whole time. So, you know, if, if, if they're using it for crowd control or something, hey, great, more power to you. Um, but why are they only using it in Staten Island? Why are they trying to identify us? They know who the leaders are in Staten Island. We're out front of, in front of it. Every elected Republican held a press conference this week. Um, we're out in front of it. We're not against migrants. 
we're for people who come here legally, and then we'll put our hand in our pocket and give them our last twenty dollars. So I did see on TV the other night. I guess it was Tuesday uh, when, after Mayor Eric Adams assured the borough president that there would be uh, no more illegals shipped uh, to Staten Island, uh, that the that the protesters reacted negatively to an MTA bus that was carrying asylum seekers to a newly converted shelter. Uh, that reaction was described by Mayor Adams as ugly, uh, even as over 100,000 migrants have been shipped to New York City since last year. Uh, a group of protesters were captured on video, uh, banging on the sides of the bus, halting traffic, intercepting the bus. Uh, I'm happy to say there was no absolute violence, but I must admit I was praying as tempers were very clearly flaring. Uh, people said later that 10 people were taken into custody, with nine of them being issued summonses for disorderly conduct. Uh, I, I want to stress again that those kind of activities, and John, I know you don't countenance or advocate any of that, that is specifically counterproductive to what the people in New York are trying to do. Uh, it is fine to say you are not welcome here. Uh, what you've been doing, uh, using in many languages, uh, broadcasted recordings in many languages, telling people that they would be safer and more comfortable uh, in Manhattan, where a number of really expensive upscale hotels, like the Roosevelt, have now been converted uh, into migrant shelters, and they themselves have become extraordinarily dangerous. Uh, the, the Roosevelt Hotel, which we referred to earlier, uh, has been the site of uh, at least 41 arrests in the last week, uh, including Correct. accusations of uh, assault uh, and rape. Uh, it, it's Correct. very, very disturbing. Yeah, uh, Roger, if, if you could, I feel like um, you were citing a published report um, of of what happened in Staten Island, banging on buses. Is, is, was that written somewhere? Uh, I, I am uh, I am reflecting a story in the New York Post, and therefore, I, obviously, I didn't see it firsthand. I did see some of this on TV, yeah. but I did not specifically see that. I want you to know that the New York Post has been doing a really good job of telling a true story. Um, but I was there from beginning to end. It started at 5.30, it ended at, at 10.30 at night. Uh, never one time did one person touch a bus, okay? There were people on the sidewalk blocking the sidewalk and stuff um, and shouting towards the bus, shouting at the cops, take them back. Um, but no one touched a bus. A young lady who I saw with my own eyes threw a Poland Spring bottle of water at the bus, okay? Um, and people turned around to her and said, don't do that. And it was a plastic bottle uh, to boot. Um, and we don't want that. We know it's counterproductive because Eric Adams doesn't say, hey, I can do better for you guys or I can do better with this plan. Uh, here's my solution. Eric Adams takes that one snippet out of the whole reason people are protesting his policy um, and uses that to deflect from himself. So. We're trying to be 
better protesters. Um, and I'm talking to you just as a citizen of Staten Island. Uh, I'm standing here with my fellow neighbors and friends um, and expressing our displeasure with it. Um, and that's supposed to be allowed. And, you know, when I'm the son of a cop, I back the blue all the time. The other night, the good men and women in blue shirts that were here down at the at the facility got some orders from way above that they needed to show some force here in Staten Island, and they did. There were over 200 cops here. There were guys with 20 handcuffs hanging off their belt. Um, and it turned into, hey, the deputy commissioner herself was out here in the field. I talked to her. Um, so it must have been, you know, a real big reason um, because I don't think they even expected that Staten Islanders would have the gumption to start up a second line of defense in the protest, uh, in the migrant protest. And when they were met with resistance, it foiled their plan. And uh, maybe it got out of hand, I agree, but everyone was more than peaceful. Um, no one was hurt. There was no violence reported. These are kind of peaceful arrests. You know how that goes. You know, look, I think uh, President Biden uh, and Governor Hochul are both looking at the politics of this. Uh, they know that uh, Joe Biden or whoever the Democratic nominee for president is, is heavily, heavily favored to carry New York State. Uh, if the illegal migrants can be limited to New York City, uh, then they don't sustain political damage in the suburbs or particularly in upstate New York. Uh, and it is really kind of egregious the way Joe Biden has turned his back on Eric Adams and said, look, this is not my problem. This is your problem. Uh, no funding to help the city or the state get through this crisis. Uh, they appointed a liaison. I guess that's so they can get a better report uh, on how things are going. John, I have one more question for you that is off of the topic but I know it's something you feel strongly about. Reports late last week, the New York City Council is debating removing the statue of Christopher Columbus uh, from Columbus Circle. Uh, as an Italian-American, as you are, I find this outrageous. You and I have been working uh, feverishly uh, to organize the Italian-American Civil Rights League, which is uh, now uh, has been formed and legally constituted in the state of New Jersey will be a national organization. Give me your quick reflection in the seconds we have left on this proposed move by the New York City Council. I think it's heinous. It's another in a long line of socialist policies. They want to remove historical leaders. They want to remove religion. They want to make us one colorless society. Um, you know, Hillary said it takes a village. They want um, they want to destroy our history. They want to rewrite the country. After uh, after uh, the the Georgia elections, Chuck Schumer said we win the runoff and then we change America. And he meant it. Him and Kirsten Gillibrand should be run out of town on a rail because they're doing nothing for this beautiful state and city. And uh, I, I'll just I'll just leave it on this, Roger. Uh, we in New York City, and certainly in Staten Island, have been getting the short end of the stick for quite some time. Um, and to stick it more in their face and bring it more right into literally residential neighborhoods, uh, not going to stand. 
we're the most Italian American community in I the con I think the most Italian American congressional district in the country. And uh, if somebody's coming for Christopher Columbus, they're coming for all of us. And uh, I'll be standing there right with you. You know, I'm dying to get a position with the Italian-American Civil Rights League because um, we don't have anybody. We don't have anybody because all our people are at work and they're doing, they're doing the things they've been doing to build this city and country. Um, but I will rally every person I know, Roger. I will do anything I can for Italian civil rights because it's absolutely insulting um, that the few great, you know, historical figures we have, like the guy who found the joint, uh, America, uh, leave Christopher Columbus alone. Yeah, it's an, egregious, it's, it's an egregious attempt to, to cancel our heritage and our history. I'm afraid we have to leave it there. John Tobacco, uh, a, a, uh, a very successful Wall Street businessman, but also a man who loves his community. Thank you for joining us here on The Roger Stone Show.